0: You're listening to the Holistic Spaces Podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 235, our favorite Feng Shui indoor plants. Welcome to episode 235 of the Holistic Spaces Podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach Feng Shui online at MindfulDesignSchool.com. Be sure to check out our website, MindfulDesignSchool.com. We have a blog there. We have all the podcasts up there. We have a link to opt into our mailing list for special free events for newsletter subscribers only. So today we're chatting about our favorite feng shui indoor plants. So Laura, you want to get started?
1: Yes, I do. We have done a couple of podcasts about plants. We talk a lot about plants, let's be be honest, but there's a reason. We uh, we did a podcast a few, I want to say like maybe a month ago about our favorite crystals. And so we took the same format and we decided to use it for plants and a couple of other subjects because I think it's important for us to talk about what we like and what we use and why we use them. And- If you want to know more about plants, 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 and just why we do them, I mean, we think we've got two other podcasts and we'll put those links in the show notes, but just to review, why are plants so important in feng shui? So for me, because we're talking about our faves, I'll talk about for me, why are plants so important to me as a feng shui practitioner? And I think it comes down to the ability to use this living thing. It represents, and not just represents, but actually holds, all of this energy, this potential, this growth, this vital energy. And there's a reason why I think when we start to cultivate plants, when we start to take care of them, we are really excited to see them grow, to see them thrive and because it it's that energy that growth energy the sprouts the new leaves like if you're a plant person and you see that your your plant has a new leaf or a bud it's it's exciting because it's almost like you well it is like you have harnessed the energy of springtime in this little pot right and so you're able to bring that vital verdant beautiful growth upward moving all of these great Characteristics of wood energy that connects with this feeling, those same sort of feelings when you have hope, springtime, new beginnings, and all of that. So I think plants have many different uses in feng shui, but one of the basic reasons is because it has this vital energy and this upward growing. Because wood energy goes up, it has that energy. It really ends up being a, a really powerful way to adjust your space and your home. So that's for me. Angie, when I ask you why are plants so important in feng shui for you, what would you say?
0: Well, I think if we look at the topic of this podcast and we're talking specifically about indoor plants, because I live in an apartment building and I live in an indoor space in New York City and I like, for instance, Laura lives in a house and has like outdoor space. I think for me, it's especially helpful to have indoor plants and to look at plants within my home because I don't have that connection to that, like that same connection to outdoor space. So I've always felt that, even since before I studied feng shui, I remember when I moved to my first apartment in New York City, I had a very dark apartment. It was a ground floor apartment and someone gave me a plant and I actually still have that plant, it's a a pothos and it was one of the few plants that could do okay you know with a 20 something taking care of it in a new york city ground floor apartment right with not a lot of sun so i think that a lot of people feel that especially if you don't have an outdoor space or a garden to work with like there's this interest for me in. Trying to bring the outside world and nature and green things into the home and also a way to care for living things that to have an opportunity to do that inside in an interior space
1: yeah you're right i have outdoor spaces and so i can those people that have the luxury of having yards and maybe they're even doing vegetables and outdoor plants and stuff you can still you can really experience that the seasonal growth, and then the beauty of plants is that it's accessible to everyone no matter what space you're in and how big your space is, you can still have that cyclical energy of nature in your own, in a, like a little you know microcosm in your home. So how we structured this one is we took three categories listing our favorite plants and grouped them into these three categories. Before we move on to that, though, one other thing that we have mentioned, probably if those of you have listened before, that wood chi and wood energy and therefore plants also bring in that compassion and kindness. Because for wood energy and wood chi, the virtue associated with them is compassion and kindness in feng shui. And it's easy to see that when you think about plants, right? It really allows you to care for something else and to take time with it. So I think it represents the fundamental essence also of wood chi. So the three categories that we're going to talk about, Angie and I are going to toggle back and forth and talk about our different favorite plant for each category. The first will be favorite plants for the bedroom. The next will be favorite plants to change the chi and then favorite plants for prosperity. So first category for the bedroom my favorite plant for the bedroom is and i will this there's two things here people are going to be like i didn't think you're allowed to have plants in the bedroom so that's a whole thing and it's not true <laughs> you if you want plants in the bedroom go for it and the reason is is they say that at night plants give off CO2 and, you know, they, cause they're, they, you know, they do it opposite. So when we're lying in there and sleeping, you know, the, they, this is visual that your plants are like slowly killing you with all the CO2. And that is not happening. First of all, you'd have to be like sleeping in a, I don't know, a greenhouse maybe, and then really, you know, have a ton and ton of plants for even it to affect you. But I think the bigger point is is that they do breathe, they do clear the oxygen, they they do clear the air, sorry, um, of toxins. And one or two plants is not going to be a problem. So if you like plants in your bedroom, go for it. Don't let them be decaying and all that kind of stuff. You don't want that, like keep them clean and 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 you know and all that sort of stuff and take good care of them. But one or two plants is, is totally fine. And so my favorite plant in the bedroom is super pretty, lovely, beautiful Gerbera daisy. I like it because I can take different ones, different colors, depending on what I want to bring into my space. So you can choose a color that supports you. So it's a little potted plant often, and it has this big daisy shape in colors that usually you see it in red, yellow, pink, and you can use it to activate certain things depending on the color if you want to. Another bonus for Gerber daisies is it actually does make oxygen at night it's not like other plants so it can remove toxins harmful chemicals and it produces oxygen while you're sleeping okay the one thing about gerber daisies is that they do need a pretty sunny area so during the day you know i put them in a window if you have on the window in your bedroom or if you've got a spot that gets a lot of sun they like a lot of bright indirect sun and they like you know moist soil so they do take a little bit of care But the nice thing about Gerbera too, is if you do have, you know, you can put them in a planter, you can put them outside later and and you can put them in your garden as well. So that's my fave because it's a little cute little thing that I can put on my nightstand. I have a
0: question. Yeah. So Uh that's also a plant that you can keep when it doesn't have flowers on it, right? Mm Mm-hmm blooms on it yeah
1: you can people get sad it's the same with the it's the, the same yeah. with we'll actually the, in a second but yeah exactly I think yeah talk about with that I think that there's something about to just continue to care for it. and and I gotta tell you there's nothing more exciting than when a plant flowers again and no, you've so gone through the green stage
0: it. I've never worked with daisies yeah. and because New York city apartments probably don't get enough sunlight. Yeah. So I don't actually have any personal experience with how one would work with it. So the blooms are there. And then once Mm -hmm. they go away, you could still keep the green plant and that stays, can can stay
1: all year long. Yeah. Sometimes it'll bloom again, but you have to continue to, it'll dormant. You can, you know, depending on what the time of the year, but in springtime it will flower more and more. It's not the easiest Plant to get that to do so it can kind of be one that's like a quick hit you're like it's beautiful and then if you want you can put it in your garden and then it can be an annual so it doesn't it won't winter over depending on where you live unless you live in like florida or something but it's one that i like and i have had them flower again but it takes it takes some care okay. so it does take what's your favorite care. color daisy i like the pink ones yeah, but I like the yellow ones too. Yellow is a really good, well, yellow not in the bedroom, but I I I like to put a yellow one on the center of like dining room tables or in the middle just to have that quick hit of yellow for earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: All right. So, the so my favorite plant for the bathroom
1: bedroom is also
0: a flowering plant that is an orchid. And it's similar to the daisy where one may purchase or receive this plant with the flower, but the flowers don't last forever. And, Mm -hmm. and I think actually there's quite a lot of people that don't realize that, you know, they think that they'll just, they just throw away, like literally put in the garbage, the plant. And when, when the flowers start to go away. So both deities and orchids and probably other flowering plants, you could keep the green part and you can learn to take care of them and then they will bloom again. And also, I'm pretty sure with orchids, there's always someone who's going to take your orchid plant, I think, right?
1: Yeah. And actually, you know what? Orchids are not that hard to get to reflower. I've gotten no. all mine to reflower. They're not. They do, honestly, if you like, this isn't a plant podcast, but like, there it's, it's if you just google episode. how to make your orchid like flower again there's like three things you need to do and and you do them and it happens it's pretty cool so anyway like i'm looking at mine now and there there's one behind me that's blooming you can see that and then there's one i they've completely exploded and they bloom for so long too yeah how long do daisies stand bloom for not that not as long like they'll be there because they usually have like a whole bunch of buds I'd say you got a couple of months of flowering for sure once you get it from the, the store
0: okay yeah so orchids are a great plant for the bedroom as well and they're pretty easy to find pretty easy to care for you just need to do some research because They have a reputation for being difficult, but I don't think that's true because basically you don't want to overwater them, meaning it's better for you to neglect them. And I think people who aren't accustomed to plants do overwater them, but um, they don't really require too much work, but they have that reputation. And in feng shui, there's symbolism connected to the orchid when one wants to invite in a charming partner into their life for instance, or a romantic relationship or a noble upright partner. So there's lots of stories clients have given me over the years of their orchids. And I, you know, we have our own stories. So it's nice for you to kind of see what your story is, or you, maybe you have a story about having an orchid and, and see how that may reflect upon your romantic life, the qualities of having a charming partner in your life and how that's come forth. And if we were going to recommend a color for the bedroom, pink or purple could work. Like Laura has, is, that, is the orchid behind you in your office purple? purple? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I have a orchid behind me in my office too that's yellow. And that one's actually flowered a lot. So we recommend orchid. And same with the daisy and the orchid. Do some research and acknowledge that like you, if you don't want to take care of the the plant after the blooms go away, maybe think about the what that can mean, what that can symbolize in your life without judgment, but just have curiosity about that. And then you know, I'm just, there's always someone that will want to take definitely orchid plant, right?
1: Yes. And we'll talk about the inevitable question we get is, if I can't have a real plant, can I have an artificial plant? We'll talk about that at the end. Okay. So, okay. Favorite plants to change the chi. And this means, again, if you're really, if you're going to use it and there's different reasons and different intentions for changing the chi. So my example of changing the chi would be when the chi feels really heavy or stagnant in a particular area, or you want to bring it in to really cut through some, what you feel is negative energy or heavy energy. So the plant that I picked for that is the snake plant. It's called the Dracaena trifasciata. You know, we all know what the snake plant is, but if you think of all the names it has that go along with it, snake plant is one, so visualize snakes and then Saint George's sword because of the shape of the leaves, they're very strong, they're very they go straight up and they look like swords, like they're cutting look, they have a sharp edges and they go straight straight up. And it's also been called mother-in-law's tongue, which is not very nice. But again, that biting, it's not a very positive thing to say about your mother-in-law, but you can see that it's like that pointy sharpness, right? And in some cases, and depending on your situation or what's happening in your home, you might need that kind of energy. You might need those swords and those snakes to protect you and to cut through heavy and stagnant chi. So I think this is an example of that feng shui is not cookie cutter. And then, you know, you might read, don't ever have plants with point D this, which is, it, it can be true. There are times when you don't want that, but then there are times when you when you need that specifically, that snake plant can really make you feel confident. Like it's really, it's like, it, it just looks like I have I have five in my house, like all over and I'm looking at one right now. They're beautiful also. Like they're just, and they're so easy to take care of. Less is more with them, underwater them, and they'll just be fine. They just make you feel like they're really just taking charge with that upward growth, that upward wood chi going straight up.
0: Mm -hmm. And to that point that you were talking about with the sharpness being appropriate at some times, like you could even think about desert climates, arid Mm -hmm. climates where they have the natural landscape has cactus and very Mm -hmm. sharp pointy plants, but the climate is so harsh like at the desert that that's what nature has developed in order to work to thrive in that environment. And it doesn't mean that like, oh no, you can never have a cactus plant because there may there there are environments that require that and also those cactus are and those desert plants are really ingenious in in terms of how they can work with water resources mm-hmm. and conserve that so, We just challenge everyone to think about like where you are, where you are in the world, where you are in your life, what you need now, and to understand that it doesn't have to be like these strict rules. Laura and I always want to offer guidelines that can flow and shift and not have very rigid rules and a dogmatic approach to feng shui.
1: Exactly. So So what's your, what is your way or choice for changing the chi with plants?
0: So another way that one could change the Chi with their plants is to utilize this number three by grouping three plants. So number three is a very dynamic number, actually. So one is a point in space. Two is like a line where two points are connected and it's very two-dimensional, right? And then three is when we start getting into the three-dimensional world and it's dynamic and things move. It's like the shape of the triangle. It... Um, it, it means movement, but it's also related to the wood element on the Bagua, and it's related to wood energy. So um, by using the number three and also inviting in more than one plant is a wonderful way to start to shift the Chi in your home. So grouping together three plants, and you could choose a plants you can choose plants from what we've suggested in this podcast or in previous podcasts or what you have or what, you know, something that's based on the intention you want to intentions that you want to create, but putting the group of three plants together can be done with the overall intention of starting something new and sparking change. And this is also getting very popular now. So there's different ways you could put, get a whole, like a a pot that's low and wide that you can pot three plants in one pot with within the same soil or you could put three three separate plants together in an area so like behind my desk I actually have three small sets of like individual plants but then like in the, another part of my room my apartment I have a low kind of bowl situation where where it's many different plants in one you know pot of soil so you can do it either way and you could also get interesting and play with the heights too and see if you can also maybe visually like maybe three happens also like height wise and size wise and you can get ex- Get artistic with it. And for an added bonus, you can place this grouping of three plants in the new beginnings area of your home or your home, let's say your home. So to
1: start new, it's just to spark something new in your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't know what that is, go to our uh, blog and download our Bagua e-kit. That'll walk you through that. It's one of the areas of the Bagua. Okay, last category most popular category is favorite plants for prosperity. So prosperity, abundance, wealth, kind of that grouping. For me, hands down, jade plant. I have a lot of jade plants. They're very easy to propagate. I have seven of them. I should really have nine, shouldn't I? Anyway, I have seven just because that's what I have. And all different, like, and I have these beautiful little West German pots that I got, like vintage pots, and I put them all in there all along a window. So in a particular area, which Angie will talk about. And the reason I love them so much is they're quite easy to grow if you don't love them to death, meaning don't overwater them, like under, 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 underwater them. Like I think I water mine once every two weeks. At, at maybe so they get they need to get quite dry because those leaves that they have they're like a succulent right they have these thick round leaves these plump leaves that hold water so it's this whole theme that all these plants that have those kind of succulents and a cacti and some of them that have those ability to hold water or hold energy or hold potential they're already self-balanced so you don't want to like over water them they have it they have it under control. And I also love that they can stay in quite small pots. They're almost like a bonsai without being a bonsai, because I would never attempt to do that, because the trunks thicken up and they start to look like little ancient trees, little jeweled trees. They're lovely. And the reason that they're connected to prosperity is because those round little plump green leaves look like jade stones, Like they look like that stone that is connected with prosperity, protection, all of these really important in Chinese culture, in these really important uh, symbolism around it. And the other thing is if you are going to use them in a particular area, which Angie will talk about, they look like little trees and a tree is a really important symbol for that particular area. So, I mean, I think they're hands down one of my faves they're easy to grow adorable and they don't need to be repotted that much yeah
0: we also have a whole episode on jade too oh yeah
1: the stone yes yeah Yeah.
0: so we do you can listen to that so for me another plant for prosperity there's quite a few plants that are described as money plants and one of them is called a Pilea pe- pepperoni How do you say it, Laura?
1: I think it's pilea, and then pilea. I think it's okay. yeah, and I think it's a pepperomioid or something. Pepperomioid. I was gonna call it pepperoni plant, but I know yeah, that's not right. We'll just call it.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So I ha- I have a few of a few of them. I have uh, one behind me, and actually one in front of me. So, but basically they have round coin shaped leaves. And that's one type of money plant. So again, there's a few different types of plants that are called money plants, but because of this round shape, it looks like coins, which can invite in this idea of money or prosperity. And they're actually pretty easy to care for as well. And they're quite popular now with the plant crowd.
1: They're really pretty. They look like they're like real circles, like the leaves and they kind of float, you mm -hmm. know, like they look like they're floating coins. They're really cool.
0: Yeah. And they make lots of babies. I have one. The one that's in front of me is actually like a teardrop shaped one too. Mm. I'll show you later, but I just actually elevated the one that I have that used to be behind me on my desk, but now I put it, I hung it because it starts, it starts to get top heavy, but for both of these two suggested plans for prosperity, for financial prosperity, or feelings of having abundance or having enough in your life. The jade plant and a money plant, you can place these in the wealth corner of your home. And so, if you don't have our Bogway eKit, you, you can you could download it. But if you don't want to do that and you haven't listened to any of our other podcasts, just in general, what you could do is stand in the door of your home, and probably the far left corner could be considered the wealth area. Probably in most cases. So those are our lists of our favorite plants for the bedroom, favorite mm-hmm. plants. For changing the chi and our favorite indoor plants for prosperity. So we also wanted to give you some basic plant
1: tips. Yeah. I think what I want to end it on is two two things, a couple of quick tips. But the first thing is the question that we always get, and we're going to get it in the Instagram reel post. I guarantee it. And then we'll tell you, please listen to the podcast. If you do not have a green thumb or you just can't grow a plant, can you use fake plants, basically artificial plants? And Yes, you can. They have to look incredibly real. They have to look so real, and they are making them nowadays. What that's like those days of those rubbery, plasticky plants that you know my grandmother had—they're gone. If you go and you you there's sometimes when you have to touch them to see if they're real. So that that's what you're looking for, and you know, setting the intention that 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 is the type of energy you want to bring in. Now, is it better to have a, a real plant? In my opinion yes but you can you can do that especially if you want to just really do one thing like maybe put something in your wealth corner or something like that so you know pick the plant strong intention behind it that you really want to have that uh, kind of for you when you see that plant you want that same sensation of of that lively wood chi. for a tip i would say my number one tip is to underwater your plants People overwater their plants. It's the number one reason why plants die. They die of root rot because people think plants need to be watered every day or they need some kind of a schedule. You could probably roughly go with a weekly schedule, but you have to pay attention because depending on the humidity in your home or the time of year, your plants might need more or less. I put my finger in two inches down into the soil. And if it's dry, I will water it then. And sometimes I even wait, depending on the plant, like snake plants, jade plants, succulents, except for my donkey tail, I water him more often. They get very little water, like two to three weeks. Like I'm sometimes I forget I'm like, oh, but it's fine. It's better. And then there's others that need regular watering every week at least. So and then there's sometimes like if you have an a- aria palm, like those big palm trees, they need it almost every other day. So you have to pay attention. You have to be in tune with your plants and, you know, plants are work. So if you feel overwhelmed by your plants, please listen to our podcast on, hey, have too many plants? (laughs) Because we have a podcast about that as well. Angie, what would be your tip that you have? Do you have a, do you have a, like a thing a rule of thumb? A rule of thumb is similar to yours,
0: like putting your thumb in to feel it. Mm -hmm. And also I think it's helpful to not overwhelm yourself with plants. I think we have Mm -hmm. talked about that in the past episode too, where- I had a friend I saw I had posted on Facebook saying like, oh, you know, like I have to take a whole weekend to water all, my pl- water all my plants and and they're easy. It's easy for that to happen. So it's a lot of energy, like wood energy is very active. So, mm-hmm. so just be aware. And you know what? If you have too many plants, it's okay. Just let you, someone actually, you can give them away. People love receiving plants. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I have this, I just added this, and Laura, you haven't seen it. So there's this, I there's a vase I made. So it's tall. And then I have this, what is this called? Uh, the inch plant, the purple one. Mm-hmm. So I had had this plant and I I had made cuttings and put like a planter thing together for a friend for a housewarming gift. And then it's been like a few years now. And then I was just at their house for my friend's birthday. And he they have like so much light in their apartment that mm-hmm. he had... I was like looking at the plant i'm like was that plant that i gave you and it's like huge now and i know i don't even have any more of this inch plant anymore so he gave me cuttings and these are the cuttings that i'm now propagating so it's really beautiful how that can go Mm because you know some your plant your indoor plants will wane or get more or propagate they'll grow and wane and grow and wane just like life Mm -hmm. does and sometimes you lose plants, sometimes they're way too reproductive for you. And, and, and it's a way to reach out to other people, to share your chi with others, to receive chi from others, and to kind of like have a gift giving without, without like buying something either.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And you're giving them something alive, which is lovely. And you brought up another, plants really do need light for the most part. There are some that thrive well in low light, just do your research. But other than that, if it's not one that's, I mean, they need light. And the more like as Angie just said, that plant left her house and then went to another house with tons of light and exploded. So plants need light generally, um, and some more than others. So, you know, as much as you'd love to have one, if your apartment is pretty dark, you gotta do your research. Um, they're like peace lily is a good one you know, that even needs light, need but light
0: too though. They do,
1: they do need yeah. light and they do better, but they could, there's not, I mean, keep it as well close to the window as you can, basically, you know, no, I've got think, all around all my windows. There's like plants, plants, plants.
0: I think the easiest plant for most people is a pothos. So pothos
1: and the ZZ plant. Is no, like, even
0: the ZZ plant in my New York city apartment didn't grow. Really? It, like It stayed this small until mine exploded. I
1: mine was in my basement, like by this little window. So I guess it depends. But yeah, pothos are dead easy. Like, and they also require like no hardly any water too. Like they're pretty good.
0: Yes. So so Mm -hmm. I think the key is so make sure you investigate your environment Mm -hmm. before you invite in this new being, and notice your own time opportunities to take care of it. And, and then didn't you say you were going to talk about the fake plant thing? I did. Oh, you did. Okay, sorry. Were I, you, I missed
1: you... it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did. Um, I yeah, them. so I think we covered everything. So again, we have a couple of other podcasts, you know, subjects, but this one covered quite a bit. Uh, Listen to our wood chi episode as well. But uh, yeah, I hope good luck everybody uh, with your plants out there.
0: So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces Podcast. You can tune in every week for a new podcast episode. And if you like our podcast and this episode, you can share it with others, subscribe, leave a review. You can always support us by signing signing up for our mailing list. Go to MindfulDesignSchool.com, scroll to the bottom, and you can opt in for a mailing list there. And... You can also just tell everyone about us and maybe take one of our courses one day. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.